Welcome to Land Life, a podcast for North Coast landholders by North Coast Local Land Services. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live, work and play. From Bunjalung, Gitable and Gumbangia country in the north, to Yagel, Dungari and Biripai country in the south, we pay respects to the people and elders, past, present and emerging, across all the countries on which we work, and extend that respect to Aboriginal people listening to this podcast. Delivering projects with benefits to the environment, the farming sector and our North Coast communities often requires a coming together of great minds. North Coast Local Land Services works in partnership with multiple other organisations to deliver outcomes across the region. And one example of this is the project that we know as the Upper Richmond Project. Delivered in collaboration with the New South Wales Soil Conservation Service, Conservation Volunteers Australia and the Border Rangers Richmond Valley Landcare Network, locally known as Brevlin, this project combines environmental restoration with sustainable farming practices to address vegetation loss, erosion and soil health decline in the Upper Richmond River catchment. To kick off this episode, Brendan O'Brien and Donna Cuthall of North Coast Local Land Services caught up to give us a little bit of background on the project. Hi, Brendan. How are you going? G'day, Donna. Good, thanks. So I guess to get us started this morning, I wonder if you'd be able to just give us a bit of a background on what the Upper Richmond Project actually is. Yeah, so the Upper Richmond Project's located um, in the Upper Richmond River in Roseberry Creek area, uh, just north of Kyogle. Um, it's funded through the Regional Land Care Partnerships Program, and it's basically a collaboration between local land services, including New South Wales Soil Conservation Service, Conservation Volunteers Australia, uh, the Border Rangers Richmond Valley Land Care Network and local farmers within that um, area. That's great. And so those um, additional project partners, what exactly are their roles within the project? What are they up to? Yeah, so basically the the project's um, broken into two separate components. So we've um, got the riparian restoration component and the land management or sustainable ag- agriculture component. So with the riparian restoration, basically what we're doing is identifying uh, sites of concern that have had erosion and working with local landholders to identify these sites. And then we, we come in and we do engineering works to basically stabilise the site, put in rock revert, revetments, um, reduce any uh, stream bank or bed erosion. And that's done by soil conservation, is that right? Yes, yes, that's right. So um, New South Wales Soil Conservation Service come in. They've got some really great expertise in that area and they'll come in do the engineering works. And, and from there, Conservation Volunteers Australia will come in and do the stabilisation of the site. So they'll come in, plant native species, carry out weed control to give the site some resilience, fence off livestock from the site and putting off-site um, watering points uh, just so the site can get, can get away again. Githable Rangers have had a little bit to do with that as well. Is that uh, Cat's Claw? Is that what they're actually getting out of there? Yes, yeah, so the Githable Rangers um, have been working with um, the Conservation Volunteers Australia. So they've been um, carrying out the Cat's Claw Creeper uh, weed control, um, planting and, and the fencing as, as well. And the Githable Rangers, they're an um, uh, Aboriginal natural resource management group. So what's the biggest benefit to the Upper Richmond rural community that you can think of? The project has a landholder engagement and capacity building component. 
which gives the ability of landholders to share the knowledge and control new, new practices. Through these demonstrations and, and field sites, um, landholders can share the knowledge. They can also see the sites where the riparian work has been done and also um, look at some of the sustainable agricultural work that's been done and whether that's going to fit their, in, their enterprise. So the, the project works with a number of industries, um, including cattle graziers and also um, subtropical dairy and local um, dairy industry groups, uh, particularly with the sustainable ag component. Um, but we also work with a number of different landholders for the riparian um, restoration and a number of small um, demonstration sites. Thanks, Brendan. So how do you actually identify those riparian sites that um, need work done on them? So prior to any of the, the work starting, um, there was actually a survey done of the project area of the Upper Richmond and Roseberry Creek. And basically we um, SawCon went along, identified sites and gave them a, a ranking. Um, and basically from there, we were able to identify landholders and prioritise those sites um, along with landholders that, that are willing to work with us. So from there, we um, engage the landholders um, and, and carry out the work in, in partnership with those land managers. One of the first things that Brendan mentioned was that this project includes a riparian or riverbank component and a sustainable agriculture component. To find out a little bit more about what the agriculture component of the project involves, I caught up with Gavin Tinning of Brivlin. Okay, so I'm here chatting with Gavin Tinning from the Border Rangers Richmond Valley Landcare Network, also known as Brivlin, about his work on the Upper Richmond project. Uh, Gavin is the Sustainable Ag Project Officer with Brevlin and works to support landholders to improve uh, their farm productivity and profitability through the adoption of sustainable practices that then also lead to better outcomes for the environment. So thanks for joining me, Gavin. Um, I might just kick off by getting you to talk a little bit about what you do. Okay, so I'm, uh, as you said, Project Officer. I'm employed by, we call ourselves Brevlin because it's, it's a long name, a bit of a mouthful, but um, so we're one of the partners in, in the larger project. Our role in the project is predominantly to manage um, a sustainable agriculture component, and that's really soils focused. It's about um, protection of soils and soil health. And so I'm predominantly working in, in our area around Kyogle in that upper Richmond Sort of catchment, it's predominantly grazing country is the main agricultural land use. I'm mainly working with um, graziers and beef and dairy. And so how many landholders are you working with at the moment? Um, well, that's a good question. I guess actively with um, field sites and those sort of things um, is about 10. And then there's a larger sort of group of landholders where... We get together uh, periodically at different uh, paddock walks or field days when we can hold them. Um, and that's more about observations of their management and things that they're doing that helps sort of add to um, the project's collection of, of data, if you like, about managing this landscape. 
Uh, obviously, if we're talking about sustainable agriculture, soil health is a key part of that. So what are you doing in terms of soil health? Okay, so one of the key areas of the project is looking at um, soil amendments to alleviate some of the soil issues that, that we have. And I, probably the best example is um, acidic soils on predominantly on the floodplains. We get quite some areas with quite low pH with you know, probably a long history that has contributed to soils that are already acidic. Um, so we're looking at different amendments. Um, there, some of them have been demonstrations. Some of them are very quite simple um, demonstrations, um, but we also have some uh, more replicated trials um, and we're working at and one of those particulars with the dairy industry and we're looking at uh, just improving the application or the efficiency of application of amendments like lime and fertilizers uh, to match the soil's need so that involves a bit of uh, soil mapping by a contractor and then we do or I do a lot of uh, soil sampling to verify um, the contractor's maps just to give us confidence um, in, in what's being produced by the contractor. And you've got some mixed or uh, multi-species pasture demonstration sites as well, is that right? Yeah, so multi-species is sort of the second um, sort of key area of the project and that, that started more from a desire from a group of graziers to investigate that a bit more during the drought. We did uh, some bus trips just uh, across the border into Queensland and some connection with some uh, agronomists there that were working with multi-species quite a bit. And from that, we've uh, set up some paddocks um, on a few different properties uh, with quite, quite different situations, uh, different machinery, different uh, landscape, and we've just mostly had successes but we've also had a few um, I wouldn't say mistakes but learnings about you know what species work best in different situations what sort of gear you might need when when you should plant um, those sort of things what do you think are the most important lessons from those trials yeah well we've mostly focused on the winter multi-species and partly because it's they're probably easier to establish um, you see a lot of paddocks where people you know, go to the effort of spreading or planting, say, ryegrass to get through that sort of winter feed gap period. But it's really not much more expensive to add you know, a handful of some of your herbs like chicory and plantain, um, possibly some brassicas um, if you're planting early in, in autumn. Um, and then there's other grasses and legumes that, that, that can be added to the mix. Um, you often hear people talking about, you know, oh, you need 12 species, you only need 14 species in a mix for it to be effective. But I think it, it comes down to trying a small uh, paddock or a small area of a paddock. And I think the term is safe to fail. So rather than investing over a large area, and finding out, you know, that year that some of that seed cost really didn't provide you any benefit, um, is it to, to do it over a small area? So that's what we've been doing, and then build on that um, each year as your understanding of your soil and of your farm and your farming system improves. 
Uh, one of the other really interesting things that you're doing is uh, running those dung beetle trials. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Ah, dung beetles. Okay. Yeah. We're, so we are, we're monitoring dung beetles in um, an area of the Upper Richmond catchment. Um, and that's sort of, there's been a bit of a gap in activity around dung beetles in our, let's say, you know, Kyogle area since probably the early 2000s. Um, and so we're, we're monitoring for what species, when are they present, um, what sort of activity levels, just for people to understand better what they might expect. And if they don't have particular species, they might be able to um, add those species because they've a fair chance they will survive. Uh, so that, that's one side, is, is that monitoring. Um, and the other side is looking at some of the species that we don't currently have in our area that might fill gaps in winter or spring when we don't have a lot of activity. So um, we've set up some field nurseries or field cages for three different species. Uh, and some of that's been supported through the Dung Beetle Ecosystems Engineers Project, which is a national program. Um, and some of that's just through sort of serendipitous connections with people through a Facebook group or something, finding out that there's you know availability of a species, for example, one of them around Kingaroy, which we've brought down to our area, and we're trying to breed up the numbers to the point where we can release them on farm and see if they will survive in the wild, so to speak. The Upper Richmond Project is funded to run through to 2023 and the outcomes of these trials will continue to provide valuable insights into the best ways for local farmers to keep healthy, productive soil on their farms and to maintain the health of the river and the surrounding environments. If you want to learn more, you can contact Brevlin on 6632-3722 or check out their website, which is packed full with really useful resources. There's a link in the show notes. podcast is jointly funded through North Coast Local Land Services and the Australian Government's National Land Care Programme.